you join, you are in the seemingly supportive community, but all of these people have a financial interest in you being there and Mm -hmm. they financially benefit from you being there. Welcome back, magic makers. This is Find Your Magic, the podcast where mental health and entrepreneurship meet. I am your host, Kelsey Foremost, and I am just going to name that I am super nervous recording this intro because this conversation is so important to me, and it's also a really nuanced and complicated one. It is about multi-level marketing schemes and how those systems and people within those systems are taught to target vulnerable women. If you are part of an MLM or someone you love or someone you know is part of an MLM, I want to say this is a safe, warm space. And I really hope you don't click out. I really hope that you challenge yourself to listen to what Emily, my guest, has to say And even perhaps to start to ask yourself some really hard questions about why you were attracted to the MLM in the first place or why your loved one was attracted in the first place. Maybe start to ask yourself whether or not the values that you say you hold are aligning with the actions that you might be um, encouraged to make inside that system. So without further ado, let me talk about who I'm talking to today. My guest today is Emily Lynn Paulson. She is a mom of five. She's a two-time TEDx speaker. She is the founder of Sober Mom Squad, and she is the author of the recent book, Hey Hun, Sales, Sisterhood, Supremacy, and Other Lies Behind Multi-Level Marketing. I'm not going to do a bullet point <laughs> list of what we talk about in this conversation because I want you to listen to her. But what I will say is I'm so grateful that she is using her platform. She's using her voice to bravely call herself out and in the process of calling herself out and calling her own, taking accountability for her own behavior. She is also calling out the incredibly toxic, manipulative, emotionally abusive, financially abusive systems that are perpetuated by multi-level marketing schemes. So again, please keep an open mind and open heart. This conversation is meant to invite hard questions. And if you have any questions about recovery from an MLM, please reach out to Emily. I will also include some resources that I'm researching and finding in the show notes because I think it's incredibly important. Um, And I am also not a mental health professional. I am not a doctor. Um, So it's important to me that you all, if you need it, have resources that can help you either leave or recover from being in these types of systems. So without further ado, please welcome Emily Lynn Paulson to Find Your Magic. Emily, thank you so much for being here on Find Your Magic. I'm already, no, I already know that this is going to be such a good conversation because the subject matter that you specialize in 
is one that I think a lot of people are nervous to talk about. So I'm just going to give it to you to start. Like how, what led you to writing? Hey, hun, I want to hear from you. Yeah, for sure. So it's a very, unfortunately, I try to abridge it. It's a very long story, but (laughs) so I wrote a book in 2019, a recovery memoir. So my recovery from alcohol and my MLM story are are very intertwined. Mm. Um, You know, I think I was seeking the same thing with alcohol that I was seeking when I joined this MLM, which was, you know, an escape, possible connection, something outside of myself. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I ended up joining this MLM when I was, you know, really in the, the midst of my alcohol addiction. And I also got sober during that time. I wrote a recovery memoir. I started realizing when I got sober that there were things, you know, my intuition was coming back online and there were things that I had been doing and permitting. And, you know, I was complicit in a lot of things that I realized I was not okay with anymore, or I didn't realize were going on. And so I started stepping away from that world a little bit and kind of letting the chips fall as they may. I started kind of branching out into recovery activism. Again, I wrote a recovery memoir and then COVID miraculously, you know, came into our lives (laughs) and I was kind of thrust into all of a sudden I was this like addiction expert because my book had come out around this time. And so, you know, rates of drinking started to increase with the pandemic. And so all of a sudden I was being reached out to by, you know, the Today Show and all these outlets. Hey, will you speak to this? Can you talk about this? I had also been become a certified professional recovery coach. And so Mm. around that time, I decided to start this free, you know, meeting for moms who thought they were drinking too much. And During that time, I also saw even more extremely predatory behavior with the MLM. And I hadn't fully left that world left. I'd put everything on autopilot. I, you know, I wasn't recruiting, posting about it anymore, but I hadn't officially quit. And it was the things that I saw during the pandemic that made me, you know, sign the dotted line and leave for good and leave the paycheck behind and everything. Um, Lots of predatory behavior, just not around not just around the virus itself, but people who'd lost their jobs. Hey, join our, join our team. You know, don't have a job now come, you know, sign and pay money to sell these products and join our team. Very predatory behavior. I saw people taking out PPP loan money that was meant for, you know, people with legitimate businesses. So a lot of fraud and I could not be involved anymore. So I officially quit. That really led me to, you know, do some introspection in yeah. what night of the soul now? for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was very much like, okay, I'm working with women in recovery. Now I'm out of this MLM. I talked about my recovery story. I wrote a book about it. It was very cathartic. It was very helpful for people. Like this is the next thing I need to write about. And so it really came around like nothing I've done in the last five years has any, have ever been on any five-year plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm out of the things that have happened in the world. And the things that I've seen. So that's how, that's what led me to start writing the book, publish the book. And, you know, that's really what I'm talking about now. And so my day job is I run a group for sober moms and, and I write. So that's amazing. Gosh, what an incredible story. And there are so many pieces that I want to revisit. Ugh. Okay. Let's start with the original seed 
which was your recovery from alcoholism. Um, did you, what was, was there a moment like a rock bottom moment where you decided I need to get sober? You know, there were many, and it was one of those things where I kind of questioned my use for a while. And then I started questioning it more, Mm -hmm. you know, there was, it was probably two years before I actually got sober where I was, I I realized it was taking up more space in my brain than I wanted it to be. Okay. Um, So I actually want to pause on and talk about that because I think regardless of this is again, my personal opinion from what I've seen, I myself am in a 12 step program. It's not for alcohol, but I have seen a lot of stories in various 12 step programs. And what I think is misrepresented to people who have not been exposed to those programs is exactly what you're talking about, that it is a slow burn of a realization. And there is an entire process of grief that has to happen before you actually quit the thing or seek help for the thing. And many people experience, it's not just one, I hit rock bottom on this day, you know, when I was, you know, in the ER for this. And then I decided never again, like, that's not how it works. That's a Hallmark movie. You right. know? I think that's so important. And also that it's not a black and white thing. There's yes. this idea. And it's, of course, it's not just with alcohol, it's with eating disorders. It's with drug use. It's which alcohol is a drug, but you know, people yeah. put it different box Mm. that you are either an alcoholic or you're not. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, it is a huge spectrum and that anyone who drinks enough over a long enough period of time will become addicted to it. And it's not just, there are people who go their whole lives, have a drink here and there, and it never bothers them. It never... And there are people who become addicted very early. And there's lots of reasons behind that. You know, the earlier you drink, the more likely you are. If you have parents with addiction, you know, there's lots of different things. There's no exact science, but nobody is immune. And I think that's important to say, because when I was in that period for those couple of years, those were the questions that kept me out of knocking on AA doors, right? right? Was there was always a caveat. Like, okay, well, I've, I've done these things, but I haven't done this. I haven't mm-hmm. gotten DUI. I haven't had health problems. I haven't been, you know, I haven't had marriage problems. I haven't whatever. And so that kept me from seeking help. I considered it a very black and white thing, or my drinking kind of looks like the people around me yeah. you know, or I can take breaks. That was one of the biggest ones is I've stopped five times for nine months at a time for pregnancy. Like I can't have a problem. So all Mm. of those things kept me from asking the more important questions, which were, is alcohol taking up too much space in your life? And it was, so it was when then those things that I said hadn't happened yet started happening. Mm. I did start having health problems. I did end up in the hospital. I did get a DUI. I did have marriage problems. And what was really scary was at that point, I still couldn't stop and I'm still making excuses. And the excuses are the hardest yeah, like, part oh, because oh. we can analyze our way out of anything, especially if you fancy yourself to be a smart person. Mm-hmm. It is, I I can speech and debate my way out of anything or into anything, but it's when the speech and debate version of you is overriding the intuition mm-hmm. version of you, well, that's when you need to really step back and be like, is this... Yeah. 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 So it got to the point where I was just holding on to this 
you know, it's like trying to fit this square peg in this round hole. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I kept holding out for like, oh, the next party or the next whatever I I knew in, in the back of my mind, I knew I had to get sober. I Mm -hmm. knew that I had to stop drinking, but I kept putting it off because there was always going to be a thing. Like and, a social thing? Yeah, social thing. Uh, the I, social element of drinking in particular, and mm-hmm. which I'm sure we're going to tie into the social element of MLMs, yep. the the social element of alcohol and the fact that it is socially acceptable is, I think, one of the reasons it is so hard for many people to identify whether or not they have a problem. Well, not even acceptable, expected, socially yeah. expected. Yeah. It's weird if you don't, right? Yeah. It's like weird. And I, and I definitely see that changing. I mean, over the last eight years, Mm -hmm. it's unreal how acceptable it is to be a person who doesn't drink. And you're not really questioned for it as much. It used to be like, oh, why don't you drink? You must be on antibiotics. You must be pregnant or you have a problem. Those are like the choices. Totally. And now it's like a positive wellness. People are understanding that. So, so the tide is definitely turning, but you know, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I like the next place for me is like death. And mm-hmm. so no, you know, I, I kind of assumed like, okay, well, I guess I won't go parties anymore. I won't go, you know, I won't go on trips anymore. That, mm-hmm. that was what I saw. You know, I didn't have all the information, obviously. I'd never because they felt so intrinsically felt so, linked. Yes. Like, oh, I guess I'm gonna lose a lot of my friends. And, mm. and you know, obviously it took time to realize that those things wouldn't happen. And and you know, I did start in a 12-step program and realizing, like, oh, like actually that I can do all these things without drinking. And oh, I kind of setting down all the b- beliefs I had before. Mm-hmm. But it was the 12-step program that you know, you have to do all these amends, you know, yeah. find pardon things. And a lot of my amends were things that I had done in the MLM. And that was wow. the huge red flag that was like, oh, yikes. But I still attributed it to the alcohol. Like, okay, but I wouldn't have done those things. If it wasn't for the alcohol. It's not the MLM. It was the alcohol. So I'm setting the alcohol down. So we're so, bargaining again. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So now I'll be on the up and up. And, and sure. I really did feel that like, well, now I won't do the things that are predatory. I won't do the things that don't feel right. I won't do the things that hurt other people. And well, and here's, here's a question. Do you think you would have had cause to question the MLM behavior? Had you not had the awakening about the alcohol? No. And I, I get different versions of this question, you know, like the, and that's why the drinking and the MLM are so interwoven sure. because had I not been drinking when I joined, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have joined because I had enough awareness at that time that I, I did think it was scammy, but I was willing to like shove things under the rug. Like I'm very much more aware now. So I wouldn't have yeah. ever joined in the first place. Had I not gotten to the place where I got, I got very, you know, successful. I got very high up in the MLM when I quit drinking, I wouldn't have been able to maintain that level of success had I not already gotten there while I was drinking, because I wouldn't have been able to do the things that were required to get me to that place. Like just to clarify, you don't feel that you would have been able to take the same actions while sober that you took while uh, dealing with your alcoholism. Yes, correct. Wow. I couldn't okay. have like send the cold messages or, you know, not take a no for an answer, bugged people until they paid <laughs> off thing. You know, like I was yeah. just on like that, mm. the, you know, the liquid courage or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Like I, just, I didn't have an off button. So I couldn't yeah. have those things, 
by the time I got there, by the time I got sober, I was already high up enough mm-hmm. that it was all the people underneath me who were sustaining my like level. Got so it. Not sober. And, and then I, again, I wasn't doing all this predatory things. So I was kind of sailing mm-hmm. and that's again, like then that was the awakening that was like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And then eventually like, it was enough for me to see enough red flags, you know? And again, it's not an overnight thing. It, it no. definitely took time. Just like waking up to the drink, to not drinking, waking up to like, not wanting this in my life at all. Yeah. Instead of yeah. trying fit the square peg in this round hole again. Gosh. And I have so much compassion because I can imagine that that feels good to be at a high level. The language that you are being surrounded with, with an MLM. And I don't, I want to be very careful about using the word cult, but there is an element where with an MLM, that I have seen, and please correct me if I'm wrong, there is this sort of like, it pervades all the areas of your life. So you really feel, or you are very insulated from outside opinion, right? People who are trying to bring you down or don't want you to be successful or whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. or who just don't understand, right? And then at the same time, you're getting all this language that is very empowering, which for women is like catnip because guess who's been disempowered for centuries? Us. So here you are hearing you're a badass. You're a businesswoman. You are empowered. You have your own money. You're contributing to your family. So you're hearing all of that positivity. And I can imagine that would be incredibly difficult to walk away from. Oh, you are spot on. And it's, there's so much course of control involved in MLMs. And if, if you heard of the bite model by Stephen Hassan, why don't you lay it out for the yeah, listeners so in case they have He haven't. is a cult defector. Like he was in a cult in the yes. Moody's cult left was like deprogrammed. And then he like devoted his life and education to studying cults. And he came up with this model called the bite model. So it's all about course of control, behavioral control, information control, thought control and emotional control. Yes. And all of those, and and when you say it takes over your life, it is not just a job because it isn't a job, right? It's right. 1099 contractor. You pay money to join as a contractor in this company, but it's also a community. Mm-hmm. It's also, again, this empowerment project. It, it really does like involves so much of your life. There's a lot of love bombing. So again, you join, you are in the seemingly supportive community, but all of these people have a financial interest in you being there and they financially benefit from you being there. Um, You give much more than you get. It's pay to play and your unpaid labor is exploited. And again, this is something that this is why moms are targeted. Yeah. Here you are. And here I was, this is why I was such great bait because Mm -hmm. I was home with kids and I was looking for empowerment. I was looking for accolades. I was looking for something Yeah. then, you know, just like changing diapers all day. And so when someone who I trusted, because it's always a friend or family member who recruits me into these things was seemingly successful. I go out to join her for wine. She's with a group of women and it's like, wow, this could be what I'm looking for. It could be money. It's a community. Cause when you're 
you're a stay-at-home mom. It's like you're on this island and you feel very alone, even though you're surrounded by people. So here's this like life raft. Here's, here's potential. Here's hope. And even if red flags are going off, like hope will drown out logic every time if you have enough of it. Yes. That's why when you join, you're love bombed. You're all of a sudden there's people come out of the woodwork to like meet you and talk about how great you are. And it's just exactly like you said. God, I, so I just pulled up, I put, I looked for markers of emotional abuse because I'm just going to go ahead and put that on the line and I'm going to stand behind it. I think that MLMs, they employ a lot of tactics that could be labeled as emotional abuse. And I'm reading, when I read the list, like consistently feeling not enough or drained, right? Like shaming you into doing more and making more money, check the scarcity mindset, feeling isolated from other things that bring you joy, negative financial behavior, desperately trying to recreate the joy you feel in the beginning, resentment, stress, like it's check, check, checkity check, right? It's, it is emotional abuse, but every cult or cult adjacent thing that I've listened to read says the same thing that you say, Emily, about it is a slow burn. Like you wouldn't go up to, you wouldn't join if you saw the picture of what it was going to be in five years. Right. No one joins a bad thing. Like you join because I had good intentions. I'm like, I want to make more money for my family. I want to have more friends. I want, I want, I want good things. Nobody joins because they want to scam other people. Nobody joins because they want to put their family in financial ruin. Mm -hmm. And because it's, it's, you know, the other insidious thing of it is it's this meritocracy where it exploits all the worst parts of capitalism and like (laughs) bastardizes them because not only are they saying anyone can do this, anyone can do this. It, the only limitation is you. Mm, you think, God, wow, that's so God, messed I up. Do this, right? Like <laughs> I can do this when, when that's absolutely not the case. Everyone can't do this because A, you need money to do it. Mm. Not everyone has money. B, you need a network of people with money. Not everyone, everyone has that. And C, that, you know, the area you're in becomes saturated very quickly with like just a handful of reps. And so not mathematically, that is why 99.7% of people lose money in these things. So mathematically wow. you can't have it. But when you have been told that anyone can do this, that it's all up to you, that the only limitation is you, when you inevitably fail, who do you blame? Yourself. Not the system, yourself. That's and so it's a, and there's no one to tell you you're wrong because there's always something more you can do. Read another book, attend another training call, talk to another person. There's always more you could do. And so who are you to say that, gosh, had I just talked to those people on that day, maybe that would have been what made me successful. Wow. You have no one to blame for yourself. And that's why so many people don't talk about it because you know, you've promoted this thing. You're like, and th- and I felt this big time, like, like I, a shame, like a, yeah, yeah. I promoted this thing for years. And then once I realized it was a scam, I'm like, well, shit, I brought all these people into this dream that couldn't exist. Well, and what do I do? Right. Correct me if I'm wrong too. I, I'm imagining myself in that situation. And I'm thinking, 
God, do I have any legal recourse here? Like, could I be sued? Like, could this ruin my life in a totally other way? Because I'm thinking that's super brave of you to write a book about it and to be so open and to come on podcasts and all of that. Like, was there ever a point where you were scared legally? So I, you know, had I been a a enrolled consultant, yes. If I was bound by the terms and conditions and everything, but once you terminate, I wasn't bound by those things anymore. I had Mm. always said lawyers do a very long, like legal read and read Mm. all the things I had signed. And I, because I'm sharing my personal story, Mm. um, I could, I I didn't identify the company in the book, but I could have, because again, Mm. it's my personal story. There's nothing I'm saying that's not true. And it's my, not only my opinion, but also the facts I put in the book, I did a tremendous amount of research. It's all publicly available. Like anyone can go out there and find the same information. So there's nothing I'm saying that is, you know, that, that I could get sued for Use composite characters. I don't say real people's names. I change situations. Mm -hmm. So I did enough to know that I wouldn't be sued. And if a company tried to sue me, it would be very, very, it would not be smart because they yeah. would be identifying themselves as the company yeah. I was writing about. It would create just a lot of problems for them. I, the The company line really from not only a company I was involved in, but others is, you know, don't read it. Don't buy it. Don't click on anything. Don't isolate, like, isolate, isolate, isolate. Don't look behind the curtain. Yeah. I mean, going back to the bite model, right? The I information, like yeah. ignore it. They're, they're just trying to, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you didn't name the MLM, but I don't think that's important because mm-hmm. <laughs> chances the are, yeah, yeah. yeah that was the other same. reason I didn't name it because I didn't want people to say, oh, well, it was just that one. Exactly. But as I researched, I'm like, oh my gosh, they really are all the same. Mm-hmm. Could be a different product. Could be maybe a little bit different like payment structure, but they have all had the same failure rates. Yeah. They all exploited the same vulnerabilities in people. They were literally, they all are just a blueprint off of each other. Yeah. Are there MLM recovery groups? You know, there are MLM resources. Like there's a workbook that's really good from a former MLM rep. And she's also a mental health counselor. You know, there's there's YouTube videos. There's like, I don't know of like a specific course or a specific person you can go to. I think that's a great thing. I'm not qualified to do it. You know, I can be a voice as someone who left, which is why I wrote the book, but I'm not, obviously I'm not a mental health counselor. Like I don't. Sure. Yes. All Um, the, all the asterisks. Yeah. But there should be, like there should be. be. Because I'm, you know, I'm listening to you and who's the guy who did bite? What's his name? Stephen Hassan. Stephen Hassan, you used the word deprogrammed. <laughs> so there must be some sort of recovery path for, for cults. cults. There's definitely, yeah, which I think if you're in an MLM, I think it would fully apply. So yeah. any, any yeah. therapist who is skilled in deprogramming someone from a cult would be a great, a fit great resource. In a former a MLM. resource. Yeah. And I mean, I'm also seeing parallels but again, also not a therapist, not a mental health professional, you know, all of the asterisks, but in codependency, Mm -hmm. there's definitely a overlap with like, there there has to be a kind of perfect situation for someone to 
be excited about joining an MLM, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's a reason that people who are already at a job and already successful at something else don't leave usually to like Mm -hmm. go join an MLM, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's because they'll make whatever pain point you have fit. Yeah. So if it is like, oh, you hate your job. Oh, well, you could do this on the side instead and make your own hours or, oh, Mm -hmm. you don't like being home with your kids. Oh, this will give you something to do, you know, or, oh, what any, whatever ails you, the MLM will find a way to exploit that pain point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's say someone is listening to this and they have an inkling that maybe the program that they're a part of right now isn't really the best thing for them, isn't the best thing for their family. What would you encourage that person to do? Yeah. So the first thing I would do, which you're never encouraged in MLM to track your finances. And that's by design, because if you did, you wouldn't join because you'd realize you're spending way more money than you're making. So the first thing I would say is do a profit loss statement. Really, you can do this on your own. It's not difficult, but let's literally go through your credit card history, your bank history, and look at everything you've spent on this MLM, the -hmm. products you purchase, even if you say, oh, I'll use them anyway, like doesn't matter. You've been told you need to use them and you buy them. So anything you purchase for your own personal use, babysitters, gas that you've, you know, driven to retention events, you know, conventions you've paid for anything, wine you've bought for events, like anything you've paid for, write it down easy. Mm -hmm. And then track for like a week or two, how much time you spend, which, and, and, and literally like, I'm talking, you open your phone, you read a message from someone, you go to a training, like every second you spend really write down that time They'll probably be amazed how much you're spending and how much time you're spending. Mm. Now look at how much you're making. So look at every, you know, bonus you've gotten, every, you know, present you've gotten, every paycheck you've gotten. Take that number and cut it in half because again, taxes aren't taken out and then do a little bit of math, you know, over that same period of time, this is how much I spent, this is how much I made, mm-hmm. and this is how much time I spent mm-hmm. and I made 20 cents an hour or whatever. And ask yourself if that's really worth it. I guarantee the answer is probably no. And if it's not the reasons you really got to look into those like, Oh, I have a community. There's other places to get community that don't require exploiting yourself financially, or gosh, my friends aren't going to talk to me anymore. If I quit, that's something you need to dive in. Like (laughs) I, I think to ask yourself, what happens if I, what would happen if I quit today? And those answers are going to really help you see if you are in something that's beneficial, because if the, one of the first things you think is, oh, I won't get to talk to these people anymore. These people won't talk to me anymore. These people will encourage me to stay. Is that something you want to be involved in? Oh, but that requires a lot of bravery (laughs) and a lot of critical thinking, which, which again, you are taught to silence that critical thinking. Yeah. And you are taught that like anybody who, you know, like me, who's telling you to do a profit loss statement is a hater and yeah. doesn't want to see you succeed. And they don't want to, you know, I don't want to see you do well. And I'm just stepping on your neck, right? That that's what like to someone who is deeply involved in these systems. And I think also, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I, oh, gosh, I've been in an MLM for years and, oh, now I feel really like called out. Like 
this is not meant as any kind of call out. And, and I think it's important too, to look at your, look at your level of, of harm being caused, right? Like say you're in this thing, you joined for a good reason. You wanted to help other people. You want to help yourself. Now you realize, oh boy, I'm probably not helping people because I'm getting more people into this failing system. You know, I think if you're a person who like, well, I, I buy some eyeshadow once every other month for this rep, you know, your level of harm is very low, but also yeah. look at, do I need to buy it from this person? Is it really helping that person? Mm. Or is it just helping this corporation that's run by white men yeah. <laughs> and exploiting wow. the women at the bottom? Or is there somewhere I could get this cheaper? Like just, you know, just, just ask yourself for me, my level of harm was very great because I had recruited a lot of people in and in order to account for that, for me personally, I had to leave and not financially benefit from it anymore. Yeah. And so that's not for me to decide for someone else. You know, if you're someone mm-hmm. who like, well, you know, I, I enjoy, you know, selling my couple of things a month and I make enough to cover my expenses, you know, like that's for you to reckon with, but also understand how much money you're spending. Just, just be you know, be smart financially and know that most people lose money. And so again, if you're sharing products, if you're sharing services, if you're sharing, if you're recruiting people into the system, most likely they're going to fail and and ask yourself how you feel about that. And it's not because of their own doing, and it's not because they're not working hard enough. It's because the system is designed to fail. It's not you, it's a system. Yeah. God. So I, my background is in Hollywood. And I was an actress, a professional actress for over 10 years. And so much of what you're saying is reminding me of that time and the like, oh, just one more audition. If it's just this one class, I, if I just dye my hair, this color, maybe I should get plastic surgery and then it'll work. Like there's so, (laughs) it is so insidious and it messes with your brain. Like it literally messes with your neural pathways. Mm -hmm. So understand, like if you just understand that in and of itself, like my brain has been rewired so that I can be a part of this system that is not serving me. Mm -hmm. Just knowing that is so much of the game, like accepting that, Mm -hmm. that it isn't you, it isn't anything that you're doing or not doing, the system is set up for you to fail and for you to be taken advantage of, right? So, because as you said, that unpaid labor, moms are very used to unpaid labor. Mm -hmm. It is paying somebody, right? It's paying somebody at the top who owns this corporation. So just understanding that coming to an understanding that you are powerless over the system, Mm -hmm. right? And that to use 12 step language, your life has become unmanageable. Yeah. Right. And I think also to reevaluate what we consider like as women, mm-hmm. what we consider support, mm. because again, we, we don't have a village anymore. Like we don't live close to family, like in, just in society, we like, don't, we don't have systems to help us. And so what do we consider support when you get invited to your friend's jewelry party, you think, oh, I'll show up to support her. I'll buy something to support her. What you're really doing is keeping her more stuck in this system where she's going to throw more money and she's eventually not going to succeed. She's eventually going to fail. She's eventually going to lose more money. You're keeping her more stuck. You're encouraging her to stay in this crappy system. So what do you do? Like, it feels like the unsupportive thing to say, no, I'm not coming. No, I'm not buying from you. If you want to help your friend ask what she really needs, like, 
does she need childcare? Maybe go watch her kid once in a while or do a babysitting exchange, maybe mm. bring her a meal or, or whatever. Like ask yourself, what could be really supporting supporting someone with MLM is not support. The people you're supporting are their uplines. The money goes up the chain and the huge corporation run by white men. That is who you're supporting. You're not supporting your friend. It's superficial looking support, but it's not support. Yeah. Yeah. This is so good. This is so good. I'm like, I'm just so grateful that you're here and talking about this. Like it makes me get choked up. I just think so many people will benefit from this conversation and, you know, y'all send this episode to whomever you think might need it because here's the other thing. I was never personally in an MLM, but guess who also got preyed on for MLMs? Actresses. Actresses. (laughs) And I had a few friends who I kind of lost to the MLM system. And I'm thinking about what you just said. Like if I had had that language in my twenties of understanding that that wasn't support and not feeling like a bad friend for not buying the skincare line or the leggings mm-hmm. or the hair products or the essential yep. oils. I wonder what might have happened and what friendships might have been salvaged because it really, when I think about it and I dig deep in my gut, it comes down to self-worth, right? It's almost like an exchange rather than a connection. Mm -hmm. And so what would happen if, say you're in an MLM, what would happen if you sought real connection instead of an exchange? What might that look like? Right. Well, I think asking yourself, like, what am I looking for here? Mm -hmm. And if that is money, okay, let's look at some actual ways you can make actual money that you don't have to spend money to make money. Like ask yourself again, critical thinking, you know, what are some other ways to make friends? Well, what if I joined a rowing group or like, what, what are your interests? You know, ask yourself, what are some things I could do that, you know, would serve me Mm -hmm. and also, you know, maybe I'll take a class or I get to meet other people, whatever, like an affinity group or something like asking yourself what, you know, what is the reason I'm doing this thing? And, and it applies to so many things. Again, why am I reaching for this glass of wine? Why mm-hmm. am I wanting to join this group? Why am I feeling drawn to this thing that I know on paper, I probably won't succeed in? Why am I being drawn to this? And, and ask your, yourself those things. You know, I think, and I think if you're, if you're involved in these things, like letting yourself be open to the fact that maybe you're not hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. Because that's always what I thought is like, well, I've been told this, you know, this person speaking out against it is wrong mm-hmm. and, and allowing the f- potential that maybe that person was right. And they're not, not just a hater was like enough of a seed to plant yeah. that then I could, my critical thinking could come back online. Yeah. And you know what else you can do? You can read Emily's book <laughs> and maybe some truth bombs will hit you and take root and you might feel less alone. That's the other thing is I encourage anybody who is either already out of the system or is thinking about getting out of the system, like find each other, share this stuff. Like it is, there's no shame in talking about getting out of an abusive system. Yeah. You, I promise can find community and connection 
with people who woke up in the same way. So read Hey Hun, which Emily, why don't you talk about Hey Hun for a moment? Because yeah. I'm so excited to read it. Yeah. So uh, I came out the end of May this year and it really is, it's not only my personal story of being in an MLM, why I got roped in, but it's why, why lots of people join them and why they have stayed legal enough to stay in operation for all these years. It's how everything politically is tied up with them financially, the people who really run them, how they are not women's empowerment projects. Women are really the ones who are exploited to keep them running, but the men are the ones making the money, how they support misogyny, how they support the patriarchy, how they support white supremacy. I mean, you would think, is it really that dark, like leggings and skincare? And and it really is. It Uh, is (laughs) that it's my personal story. It's lots and lots of research that again, I think, you know, if you're looking for like a textbook, look at MLMs, or you're just looking at a juicy story, you'll get both. I love that. And people can order that anywhere that books are sold. But if you have a local bookstore, call them first, see if they've got it. Always support your local bookstore. And But if the only place you can get books is is online, then wherever you can get your books. Yes, 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 yes. And you also, going back to recovery from alcohol, you also have a program coming up and it's really soon, y'all. So definitely check it out. It's called Freedom from Alcohol and it starts September 5th. Is that right? Yeah. So it's called the Rewind Program, Finding Freedom from Alcohol. It's an eight-week program. And really I developed this. It's for moms who just want to make alcohol less significant in their lives. And it's about challenging all the beliefs that we have about alcohol. Like we need it to have fun or we need it to relax. And really talking about the science behind why those things aren't true. So it's, it's a course with daily content. It's really short uh, videos. So it's easily digestible. It's not overwhelming. And then it's a weekly coaching session with me where we just talk about the beliefs you have about alcohol and look at, you know, maybe it's taking up more space in your life than you need women who have been, you know, already had sustained sobriety, who still feel like it's in the back of their mind or women who are just sober curious. It really is for any woman who's just looking to make alcohol less significant in their lives. And that starts September 5th. Awesome. And where can people find the link for that? So go ahead and go to SoberMomSquad.com slash rewind. You can also find it Emily Lynn Paulson. I'm on social media. You can reach out to me, Sober Mom Squad on social media. You can pretty much find it any of those places. Amazing. Emily, I could talk to you for hours, but we are out of time. I am so grateful, not just that you came and talked to me, but that you're talking about this in general. I think it is so important so beautiful. And y'all, if you got something out of this or you have a question, as Emily said, like, please DM us, mm-hmm. reach out. We actively want to hear from you. So you're not bothering us. I always tell people <laughs> you're not bothering me. Please, please, please reach out to Emily Lynn Paulson on Instagram or me at Kelsey.writes on Instagram. We are here for you. We want to talk to you. This is juicy stuff. <laughs> So thank you again, Emily and everybody out there. Take care. This is another episode of Find Your Magic. All right. Y'all know I'm about to ask you to subscribe to Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found us today. It truly helps podcasters pay their teams, find better guests, and give you good content. So if you want to hear more conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship, 
be sure to subscribe to Find Your Magic and leave us a review. Thanks for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.